What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, what is it? It's the fr- Thursday, fr- Friday, uh, February 1st, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode uh, number, what is it, 388, guys. Um, doing this one late, obviously. Uh, I had to fly out to Las Vegas to do another episode of the D Gentleman Show. That's right, the DG Show out from the Mandalay uh, Mandalay Bay Sportsbook with uh, my good friend Brett Ernst, hilarious comedian, his co-host Alex Monaco. Um, such a great time out there. They had the lines, uh, the guy who works for the MGM doing the lines, uh, Lamar Mitchell, and it was just a really fun show. I did it two weeks in a row, pleasure to do. But uh, obviously crazy, just coming home, staying home for, you know, a few days and then hopping back on a plane to Vegas. And I was actually going to go back out there uh, next week to do the, I guess they have one or two episodes and they keep wanting me on the show. But I will be doing the Impractical Jokers Cruise, uh, the Impractical Jokers Cruise number three starting next week. But I had a great time there, was not able to do this podcast, was uh, able to uh, obviously you guys heard the uh, what apparently you guys all loved, which was an epic 35-minute rant. Um, probably I've never went in that deep for that long, but I lost my mind, and apparently you guys loved it. I lost my mind about United Airlines, guys. I freaked out. It's probably worth the $3. I'm not even kidding. I lost my shit, and uh, you guys seem to love it. So if you like an epic Verzi rant, I just went hard on that. And then last night I did a quick Patreon uh, just a quick thing to talk about the um, Christoph Porzingis trade. My New York Knicks traded their number one player. I got a crazy story with that, but I just had to have my subscribers listen first as I heard it and what happened. I'll do it a little brief, you know, quicker, quicker here, um, you know, about that. But then we'll talk about what this could mean. All that stuff, obviously, Super Bowl Friday. So I have to do my uh, Super Bowl prediction, but I've made it clear who I think is going to win the game many times, but we will talk about that. Um, There will be an acceptable and not an unacceptable on this episode, okay? Um, So a lot of stuff to talk about. I want to talk about uh, just being in Vegas. We'll talk about Vegas, funny things about Vegas, Um, and we're going to talk about... um, Oh, really funny thing that happened at my mother's birthday. We celebrated my mother's birthday and all the siblings were together. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, read whatever you guys wrote in if there was any. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know. Uh, I'm just, this week was so nuts. But I think a few people wrote in a couple of things. So I'll just try to get to a couple of those as well. And uh, there we go. A regular, uh, a regular good old uh, TVE. For you, episode uh, 388. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and enjoy the show. Uh, Of course, I got to hit the sponsors. Capper Network, guys. Do all your sports predictions on there. That's right. You get up on that leaderboard. You make some money. People can pay you for your advice. Okay? Uh, You can look at other people on the leaderboard, and you can make money that way. You can go to um different sports on there you can choose the line you can choose the money line uh, the spread the money line all that stuff and um and do it we've had listeners hit me up saying that they love it and uh, that they always go there and um it's just and it could be for anybody and here's the best part about capper network guys 100 percent free 
That's right. It is 100% free to join Capper Network. And uh, what a good time to do it. Uh, Super Bowl time, everybody. I, I did not get past 50% this year. It was on me. Um, I thought I was, I was, I was still, you know, in the 40s somewhere, but never got to where I needed to be with Capper Network um, with my predictions. Had a couple of good weeks, then a couple of bad weeks. The, the line screwed me up. Um, you could also do their weekly Survivor uh, Street uh, Three Strike uh, game. It's a, it's a contest, and uh, it's fucking awesome. You basically uh, how it works is you get a certain amount of strikes. Like so, it'll start. There's a prize money. First prize will win seventy bucks. Let's say I'm just using an example. Next prize will win like thirty five bucks. Another prize will win ten, you know, eleven bucks. And um, you get an opportunity. You can keep going, but obviously, I guess you have three strikes. If you if you lose uh, three, then I guess you know you're done. So, um, and then all the survivors of it, the the survivors of it, um, obviously, the, win the money. So I'm looking at one now, and seven people struck out, and three people still remain, and the winners get that. So they're always doing, they're always doing stuff like that. They're always doing. Um, contests on there, so, um, and the Super Bowl, let's see, guys, you know, Super Bowl predictions, well, you know what, while, after I do this, of course, guys, of course, um, Capper Network, and they have, uh, MLB is, co- is gonna be back on there, NBA is gonna be back on there, so, uh, pick it, prove it, profit, it's amazing, our, uh, good friend of the show, Kelly Meyer, as you guys know, he got up to third place on the leaderboard, or did he get to the top? Anyway, he crushed it. He had a really good year. But yeah, and you could hire somebody's picks and you hire them for like $3.50 and they can make money that way. It's really fun and it's for novice or experienced people um, in sports and fantasy. You could also uh, draft a capper team. You can draft handicappers and and make money off of their stuff. It's amazing. Uh, And also all things comedy, guys. You guys know all things comedy. Got a few more specials coming out this year. Amazing podcasts, amazing shows and content. You can check them out at allthingscomedy.com and follow them at allthingscomedy. I'm going to delve right into sports up front on the show, everybody. Okay, now I know people were hitting me up about last night's Knicks. We're going to talk the Super Bowl. Let me just get my prediction here. I just want to put my prediction. Let's go to the prediction center. And uh, Super Bowl, here we go. I'm just going to do, I'll start with my Super Bowl pick. We'll get into those Super Bowl picks. And then um, after we talk about this, we'll talk about the Knicks trade and we'll get sports out of the way. And then we'll move forward. Like I said, going to talk Vegas, going to talk a lot of shit, going to have a good time. So sit back and relax. Now, the New England Patriots will be playing for the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. This is Tom Brady's ninth appearance in 18 years, which is fucking unheard of, guys. Okay? This guy is going... I mean, there's a legendary, legendary list of, of... I almost said comedians. A legendary list of quarterbacks, okay, who've been one, two, maybe three, maybe never... Right, Dan Marino went to one when he was young, never went back. Okay, uh, all of these careers. Uh, it looked like John Elway was done after three. Then he ends up going to two, the last two years of his career, and winning them. And he ends up winning two out of five. 
Joe Montana went to 4-1-4. Okay? And, and this guy has been in the league. He's 41 years old. He's been in the NFL for 18 years. This is his ninth Super Bowl. I can't even imagine. It's unheard of. The point spread is 2.5. Some people moved it to 3. Right now it's 2.5. Vegas has it at 2.5. It was so cool sitting with the people that make the line in Vegas. And uh, I'll just get right into it. I don't see the Patriots losing this game. I know the Rams and, you know, I, I know Todd Gurley. I know Sean McVay, great coach. I know Aaron Donald, the defend, uh, defensive lineman who's amazing, Adamican Sue. I get that. Um, I think Belichick with two weeks prepared with the way his running game with Sony Michelle is going. I predicted a nine-point victory. I'm sticking with it. Uh, by the way, everybody, all you TV listeners, whether you like when I talk about sports or whether you're like, shit, Paul, just move on to something. I need you to rant about some fat asshole on an airplane or I need you to rant about some rude asshole in a store. I know. I know some of you don't go for the sports. Okay? But calm the fuck down. It's the Super Bowl weekend. This is, this is big shit going on here. All right, before week one, what do I do, everybody? I predict who's going to go to the Super Bowl. And what did I tell you before week one? You go back. Go back however many weeks, 18 weeks or 17 weeks. You know, it's like about 18 weeks. Go back. And what did I say? I said, usually I get one in there. Okay, one year I got two. A couple of years I got one. A couple of years I got none. This year I got one. I said that the New England Patriots would be in the Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers because I thought Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were going to come back after Aaron Rodgers' uh, rough year getting injured last year. I was wrong about the Packers, but guess what? I was right about the Patriots. They are here. They They are in the dance again. I got the Patriots winning this game by nine points. I love the spread. I love them covering the spread. I think they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. I think they love the fact that everybody's saying they're not as good and what are they doing here. I love the fact that they see it's a low spread. I love the fact that people are talking about the Rams as much as they are. Um, And I think more people are going to start taking the Rams as close to it. I got the game 34-23 New England. I'm taking that spread all day. I predicted it on Capper. I'll do the the most you could predict on it. Uh, which is, what, five units, and that's what I'm doing. I'm taking it all day. I'm taking it big. I think that they're going to run the ball. They're going to control the clock just like they did against good offenses like the Chargers. I keep calling them the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. There you have it. That's my pick. Brady's been there. Belichick's been there. This is almost like a regular season game to these guys. I, I am... You know, I listen, I got no dog in the fight. I'm a Giants fan. I'm taking the Patriots. That's my pick. We'll see what happens. I went into further stuff on the uh, on other sports shows. You could hear that, but I'm, I'm keeping my... Uh, by the way, I didn't realize the line is uh, 56 and a half. And I picked, before I knew that, I picked 34 to 23. We'll see what happens. So there you go. That's, uh, that's it. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I don't understand you people who are watching it at, at parties. Okay? I understand get-togethers. I understand Super Bowl get-togethers. Um, 
You know, I understand you're going to have your neighbor over or a couple of neighbors or, you know, your wife's friend from work is going to come and then you're going to have your sibling over and, you know, it's going to be a handful, five to seven people, okay, a couple of kids, fine. But you people going to these all-out parties. Now, listen, I got invited to a party. I just can't make it this year. I was going to go out to my buddy out in Staten Island. It was going to be a ton of people. But a lot of friends, a ton of comedians, and a ton of people I love to see. So, occasionally, yes, you have to do it. Now, listen, I got no dog in the fight. If the New York Giants were in a Super Bowl, I'd probably have to be one person, two people, and just sitting in, pacing around like a lunatic. That's what I'd have to do. But um, I don't understand these packed bars. And then you got money on a team. You got a few hundred on a team. And you just, you got, yeah, that's right, fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. As if this fat piece of shit who's got wing sauce on his lips, okay, and, and, and blue cheese all over his lips, like he just blew a snowman. And he's sitting there going, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, bitch. Yeah, that's the D. You can't stop us. It's like, first of all, you've done nothing. Okay, Lord knows what's in your checking account. Second of all, you're sitting here, you're eating wings, you've been drinking all day, you fucking fat loser, shut your mouth. I got money on the game. That's number one. Okay, number two. Okay, number two. You're not with people you love. You got to go to the bathroom. You're not in your own house. You got to go to some public bathroom that smells like piss and shit. And there's all these people in there, strangers and everybody. It's just a... So you got loud people. You had no privacy. You know, you're going to miss some games because somebody's going to drop a drink and glass is going to smash. Everyone's going to go, hey, stupid shit like that. Grow up. Grow up, you stupid, overzealous asshole. Okay, the only time you go to the bar is a couple of days before the game and you buy your pool. You buy your boxes to gamble, to make a little money. That's what you do. You don't go there at 4 o'clock and drink for a few hours and then wait for the game. Like I said, unless it's a group of people you haven't seen in a while, people you love, and you don't have a dog in the fight. But if you're going to go to these things and you're just going to sit there and listen to loud people scream at the TV going, yeah, that's fucking right. That's what I'm talking to. What now, bitch? I remember being in a sports book one time and people were gambling in Vegas and this guy stood up and he was just like, yeah, somebody's open. Am I right? And he's like looking at strangers with his arms out as if he did something or is going to fight somebody that doesn't even really, he knows exists that that's against him. I just don't understand it. So that's my, um, that's my thought process on the Super Bowl. You sit down, you find, you pick one or two things that you really like to cook or your wife cooks or your partner's got something really nice set up. You know, you get the bottle that you like, the wine that you like, a few people, and you enjoy. You enjoy yourself. When the game's over, guess what? You're only feet away from your bedroom. You're a few wall, a couple of staircases, a, a hallway or two, and you're laying down. You know, you got the big screen, you got whatever you got. You got, you got fire going, you, 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 whatever. Go smoke a cigar. You don't have to worry about it. There's no smoking in here. Get some big fat prick, you know, holding a flashlight, looking at IDs all night and fucking, they start playing music. When it's, Are you kidding me? Grow up, you assholes. Anybody who goes to a Super Bowl party with strangers is either an alcoholic or just hasn't grown up yet. 
Sorry, I know you're all Verzi. That's a little judgmental. Maybe it's fun being with people like that. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's not fun. It's not fun being. How could how could being with strangers, watching the biggest game of the year where you're distracted and it's loud and there's servers and annoyed bartenders. How is that fun? So, I am going to enjoy doing nothing and watching the Super Bowl in privacy. And I don't care if I'm wrong on my prediction. That just means the Patriots lose. Okay. Another team that hasn't won it in a, you know, whatever. A new team, a young coach, fine. But at least I don't listen to the screaming. And then then you get the meltdowns, right? That's another thing that happens in public. You get the meltdowns. You get grown. What the fuck? No, no, no. That calls, that calls come back. This is bullshit. Then all of a sudden, if somebody says something, well, then you're going to watch it or get into a fight. Then some guy's going to run and be pissed off and bump and, God forbid, a beer spills on you. It turns into a fight. Are you nuts? Are you in high school? You know, this is, I, I was there. I dealt with it. I dealt with that at a football game this year. This guy's screaming. It's just like ridiculous. So I'm against it. I'll be honest with you. I'm against it. I'm full-fledged against it. I'm against big Super Bowl parties and I'm against uh, I'm against being with strangers and I'm against being in bars. And especially if your team is in it. Because you're, I, I actually, I'll go as far as this. If your team is in the Super Bowl, and I'm talking about if you're a real fan of a team and it's in the Super Bowl and you don't want to be alone or just with a few people, there's something wrong with you. You don't really care that much. Okay, because I mean, I will pace around. If the Giants are in the Super Bowl, I am quiet, sitting there. Then I'll jump up. Then I'll, you know, you turn into a wreck. So anyway, I got the Patriots. I'll be watching it uh, comfortably with very few people. And um, let's let's move on. Guys, Las Vegas, Nevada. I was there last week, and it was in the 30s. And the highs were 40s. I was there this week and it was in the 60s and much nicer within a week. Chicago was what, minus 60? They told people, Chicago was so cold, they told people, don't open your mouth and don't breathe too hard. How hilarious is it? Because you're going to like freeze your lungs or whatever the hell happens. I mean, I don't know the medical, I don't know exactly what happens to you. You know, medically, I, <laughs> I'm definitely not trained enough to, to know. I'm not educated enough to know, but I do know this. When you're in a place and they say, don't open your mouth too much or don't breathe too much, it's like, that's pretty intense. You know? Um, and and I, I got to tell you though, Vegas was, Vegas is one of the most phenomenal places to get a laugh. You could see things in Vegas that and just hear things, and just seeing a degenerate. What is is anything funnier than a degenerate gambler? A degenerate gambler is arguably one of the funniest things because it's the closest thing to. It's the closest thing to crazy. What do they say is 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 insane? A definition of of insane is somebody who repeats the same action, repeats the same action, and wants a, and thinks or or is waiting for a different outcome. Now, granted, I know it's not fair to say that in all gambling because you do have those nights where you win. So, yes, certain things do happen. Some nights you could win big, some nights you win. So it's not. But ultimately, 
just somebody sitting there. This was really funny too. Me and Brett Ernst. And by the way, shout out to Brett Ernst, one of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my life. Brett Ernst is one of the funniest human beings I've ever I was literally sitting down talking to this guy and I was keeled over jumping around like a lunatic. He would tell a story. Not only is his storytelling so incredible, okay, this fucking kid, not only is his storytelling incredible, but he does the characters of the people he's telling. He'll talk about family members, over Italian family members. He'll talk about this. He'll tell brilliant stories. And he sets you up for the story and you're all in and the payoff is there every time. And here's what he does. Every time you think that this guy's fucking story is over and it's already funny, then he hits you with the extra line at the end and I'm just punching couches. I'm running around like a lunatic. I mean, the guy told me some of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Okay? Um, super, super knowledgeable about sport, really smart guy, but super knowledgeable about sports and football. He watches it a little differently. Um, and he's not one of those assholes. This is what I like about talking to sports fans like him. He's not one of those assholes where like he lets his bias. Look, we're all going to have a little bias, right? We're all going to have a little bias. Like if somebody says, who's the best defender ever, I'll say Lawrence Taylor, which he might really be, but the fact that he's a giant, I'll emphasize that a little more because he wore the blue and the red, you know what I mean, like that's just, that's what it is, you know, and, but when you talk to guys, and Brett's a Cowboy fan, so I thought, I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna, you know, this guy's gonna, and he brings up the Cowboys, but he's actually like a realistic you know, and, and he'll he'll look at things. He knows stats that, like, other people don't know. He remembers plays. You know, all kinds of shit like that. By the way, if you ever want to know if somebody really knows sports, see how far back they remember plays, certain plays. Okay? And I'll give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. All right? I'll give you a quick example. Um, when when somebody says to you about that, the if somebody talks to you about Super Bowl forty two. When the Giants beat the Patriots, they all talk about the helmet catch, right? That's all they want to talk about. They want to talk, oh, the helmet, yeah, you know, fucking Eli's got a horseshoe up his ass. He ran around. First of all, you guys know how I feel about that. He escaped three sacks. He looks downfield. Watch it again in slow motion. He sees his guy out there, you know, in the middle of nowhere with Rodney uh, Harrison, and he throws it up, and his guy gets it. I mean, what else could have the guy do? But everybody talks about that. And yes, it was definitely a miraculous catch because he did have to hold it against his helmet. And it was about a half an inch from touching the grass, you know, and it didn't and all that stuff. But what nobody talks about and what nobody remembers is the third and 11 to Steve Smith at the sticks. Because if we don't get that, we don't win. If we don't get that, we're in a really tough fourth down where it's, it's you know, so, so, but nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers that Eli rolled out to the right, saw Steve Smith right by the sticks, and threw a dart at the guy's chest to get that first down. Nobody wants to talk about that. So that's when that. So I like talking to sports fans. You know, I like talking to sports fans like that. But me and Brett Ernst, anyway, we're walking around, and it's the end of the it's the end of the night, and we're just like, yeah, we'll get a cigar, we'll play some craps or whatever. And there was a guy there, and the the waitress knew Brett. Uh, because he's been at the Mandalay Bay shooting this show. He knows, like, you know, bartenders and waitresses and stuff. And this one waitress who's normally in, like, the high rollers lounge is walking around. And she sees him and she sees me. And I met her once. Oh, hello. She goes, do you want something to drink? So, you know, I'm like, yeah, let me get. So, you know, we, we order a couple drinks. 
and she comes back with not only drinks, but she goes, hey, I bought you, I brought you guys some tequila shots. Now, I got to get on a plane in a few hours. I'm not, you know, I'm going to have like four or five hours of sleep tops. And I'm not just going to th- do, have, like, you know, I'm re- I'll sip a drink and play dice for a little bit, see whatever happens, and then that's it. So I'm like, I'm not drinking this tequila. So I start offering it to people that we're playing craps with. There were two guys next to me and Brett. And I go, uh, <laughs> this was so fucking hilarious. This guy with a dead straight face. He had these like bulging eyes, horrible outfit, like tight jeans with the belt. And his gut was hanging over his belt. He was like one of those guys clearly out of shape and, and just trying. But like the body was just not fitting with what he wanted to wear. You know, it, it, I don't even know how to say it. It was, it, it was like an overripe piece of fruit that was trying. I don't know how. I, I wish you guys saw this guy. He was just a fuck. He was a mess. His eyes were kind of bulging and everything like that. And I go to the guy across from me. I go, hey, man, you want this uh, tequila? I didn't touch it. And I'm asking a couple people. He goes, no. So then I asked this guy, the guy who's, you know, dressed dressed not for how he should be dressed. And I go, excuse me. And he goes, no, man, I haven't drank. I can't. I can't drink. He goes, last time I drank, you know, I get crazy when I drink. Last time I had a drink, I ended up in handcuffs. <laughs> He's an older guy. This was so funny to me. <laughs> he was an older dude, you know. So I'm thinking, not like old, old, but I'd say like, I would say like, you know, mid-50s. Definitely, I would say early to mid-50s, you know. Um, and I go, oh, man. And the way he said it, and he was dressed kind of, I mean, like I said, the outfit didn't match the you know, the look, but he was dressed at least, it was like nice. He didn't look like a scumbag. So I'm going, oh man, he's like, yeah, the last time I drank, I was in, <laughs> I was in handcuffs. So I think he might've said like, I started swinging on people. So he said something really nuts. And, and I go, oh man, how long ago was that? And <laughs> I'm waiting for him to go, oh, you know, 14 years, 20 years. <laughs> he goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes nine and a half months ago. And I was just like, oh, my God. And then every time I looked at his face, I just, I I would almost start crying laughing. You know, if you guys saw, <laughs> here's, here's, here's the thing. If you guys saw this guy's fucking face, you would have, it, it's, I'm doing it no justice. I mean, hopefully you can kind of make out the picture, but it's. It, his face said it all. And the fact that he said nine and a half months. So then every time I look at this guy and he was like quiet too while he was playing. And I'll just look over at this guy and just picture him in handcuffs. And it was like nine months ago. Like it was like less than a year ago. And he's acting like this saint now. And I, I just, the look on his face made it absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, and, you know, me and Brett are just, <laughs> me and Brett are just quoting old, you know, gangster movies. We're just having the greatest time. Like, we really are having the greatest time. But that's the thing about Vegas. Like, if you just, you know, a gambling degenerate is probably top 10 funniest things that, that there are. You know, I mean, it's definitely sad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not talking about like. I don't think it's funny that somebody loses their house or wife or mortgage because they're chasing it. I mean, there is humor to that, though. I'll be honest with you, you know, but I don't mean like I know that that's hurt people. And listen, when I was a young kid, I was stupid. I remember being down, 
you know, like 300 bucks and trying to chase it. And I go down 700 bucks. I don't know how to pay these people. I'm, I'm a high school kid, you know, so, and I know it's scary. And I know that that could happen on a magnified level later on in your life and stuff. And people have families and shit. So I'm not trying to make light of that, but you know, I, I talked about this on, on Brett's show out in Vegas. I, the, one of the funniest things that I ever heard some, a gambler say, like a gambling degenerate say was mid season of the NBA. A, a grown man actually said the sentence. I might've said this on the show. If I have, I apologize. But it's one of the funniest things that somebody's ever said to me dead seriously. He goes, I'm going to tell you guys the lock of the year. You want the pick of the year? The lo- and, but mind you, this is not a playoff game, I don't think. No, it was not a playoff game. Uh, I think it was around. He goes, no, lock of the year right now. Phoenix Suns first quarter. And he said it with the, he said it with the fucking utmost sincerity and seriousness. For you people that don't gamble, that means, first of all, NBA has... 12-minute quarters, okay, and um, usually in the first quarter, they're just teams are feeling each other out and everything like that. Nothing is really going to happen. Now, the Phoenix Suns this year did have a high-powered offense that was pretty good, but this man said, lock of the year, okay, not the Super Bowl, not the NFC-AFC championship game, not a really good NFL team that loses on the road and is coming back home against an opponent that they've beaten before. Like, nothing that would make, like, you could say that sometimes, right? You could say, like, no, no, I'm telling you, though, man, this one I feel good about. And I think that you get a gift. I've said this before. You get a gift in the NFL. You get one to three gifts in the NFL every year. And you have to be smart enough to know it, feel it, bet it, and do that. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. I'll never forget there was, I forgot which team it was. It was maybe the Eagles playing the 49ers and the 49ers were bad at the time. And the Eagles were playing a bad game. And they lost and they were coming home to play the 49ers. And I remember talking to an old buddy of mine and I go, if I had $1,000 to bet on this, I would definitely take this game with $1,000 because they're going to kill him. And you know what? They killed him. I was right. And it was just one of those where it was like, you just feel so good. It's like, prove to me. I w- I'm willing to give this money up. That's how much I believe in it. And those that's a gift. But to say Phoenix Suns first quarter, meaning that they're going to score a certain amount of points, is, is lock of the year is one of the funniest things ever. So, um, you see funny shit like that in Vegas. Um, you see, you know, just, you know, just hook one of the, another funny thing I mentioned one time we were at me and my wife, we were at, uh, Mandalay Bay and there was, um, this, um, woman walking and she had like short, short skirt. Like, I mean, like her ass was hanging out of this thing. Like she was like, you know, and she was wearing boots and my wife goes, oh my God, why is she wearing that? She must be so cold or whatever. And I was like, Stacey, that's a hooker. Like she didn't under, <laughs> she didn't understand that they're working girls everywhere. Um, and then there's like beautiful Vegas, like amazing casinos, history, all kinds of shit like that. We went up to the foundation room and, um. And Jules, who runs the foundation room, shout out to Jules. She was amazing. She took us on this tour, showed us all these artifacts, all these things. It's like a museum up there. Everything is authentic, real, really nice. If you're ever at the Mandalay Bay, go up to the foundation room, which is on, I don't know, like the 56th or 7th. You just see the whole fucking city of of Vegas. It's amazing. But anyway, uh, Vegas was awesome. Got to go out there, play a little crap, shoot the show again, hang um, hang out with my buddy Brett. And, uh, and all that stuff. Um, here's another thing. And then I'm going to get to whatever you guys wrote. 
and then we'll... Oh, you know what? You know what? Since we're still on the Vegas and the sports betting, let me just talk about this Knicks thing, and we'll keep it moving. So, I, I, I gave up right up to the minute um, thing on Patreon. It's already up on my Patreon. It was only like... Because everybody's like, Paul, what do you think? What do you think? So, I'm on an airplane, and... I'm just start my phone starts blowing up and of course I have no service. I'm like, what's going on, Porzingis? And I'm freaking out. I'm like, they do you know why they trade Porzingis? And then afterwards I just found out. Like I found out what I'm not gonna get into the whole thing because I talked about it on Patreon. So those guys should get like the detailed story. You know what I mean? They're they're paying, they're subscribing. But anyway, long story short, I finally figure out what's going on. Because the information that I first got was like, what's going on? Were they sabotaging? And I'm like, no, why would they? Then then all of a sudden it registered. I go, no, wait a minute. They got a new GM and a new president. There's got to be a reason. And then I got home and I found out the reason. Now, uh, as much as you guys know, I loved Christos Porzingis. I thought he was an amazing talent. Um, Yeah, I was definitely a little worried about the knee. They did a statistic on like seven, no, is it 11 Guys who have the same knee injury over seven feet, and most of them don't come back. It's definitely hard. I mean, I think he was young enough to where he would have come back. So I don't want to act like, yeah, screw him anyway. But I heard things he didn't want to be there. He was upset with the team. He didn't like the direction, all kinds of shit like that. Anyway, what the New York Knicks did was they saved $70-plus million for two max contracts at free agency, which is going to be one of the biggest free agent markets. And they basically did it to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant and somebody else. This is all about Kevin Durant, folks. This is about luring him to New York City. And here's why Kevin Durant will come to New York City. Okay, I believe this. I'm going on the record right now. February 1st, 2019. We'll know in July probably, but um, I'm going to go on record to say Kevin Durant will become a New York Nick. Okay, I have a feeling and here's why. And before you go, what do you know? Nobody wants to come to the Knicks. Hold on a second. Hear me out. Don't worry, people who listen to TV and don't want to keep hearing about sports. I threw the degenerate thing in there. Okay, I threw some Vegas shit in there. So get fucking over yourselves. All right, I'm sitting here. I'm giving you a free fucking podcast, you animals. What else do you want from me? All right, I'm exhausted. I'm flying all over the place. I just want to hang out with my family. But no, I need to dedicate time to uh, to you people to give you this, which I love. And I love you people. But don't give me this like, yeah, you know, as soon as you talk about sports, I kind of just like tune out. I mean, I understand some of it and some of it's funny. And it's like, I get it. I understand that, but you know what? Shit's going on. I like sports, all right? And if you guys were real fans, what would you do if I broke down and then you heard me breaking shit and then I just quit the show? I said I'm never doing the show again. No, um, hopefully you guys, if you don't like sports, you root for my teams. There you go. How about that? If you're a TV listener and you don't give a shit about the NFL, like the Giants because then you could come on a ride with me every week or the Knicks. Oh, guys, you're going to see. I might cry on this show. I might legit cry on this show if the New York Knickerbockers ever win a a, a title. And I hate saying world championship because it's not. It's just a championship. Um, But the Knicks have not been in a position in a very long time to have enough money now, not to mention they did get two first-round draft picks. So they cleared space to get two max A-level top, top top-tier players. Kevin Durant is out there. A lot of people don't know if he's going to come. Two years before LeBron James went back to Cleveland, while he was still in the midst of winning titles with the Miami Heat when he left and he did that move. Okay? 
He left and he did that move and I'm going, he, there's no way. He said something. He said something two years before he went back to Cleveland in a press conference and I said he's going back. And it was, and I've talked about it on the show, it was, somebody's like, well, so you'll never go back there. They booed you. They burned you. He goes, I never said that. And I knew he was going to go back. And I told, for two years, I told people that he ain't coming back. Fuck that. And he's coming back. And Jason Lawhead, shout out to Jason Lawhead. I ran into him uh, in Vegas. He was opening for Jimmy Schubert. And I got to tell you guys a story about Jimmy Schubert, too. Jimmy Schubert too. You're going to love this one, too. It's a good podcast, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I got, I got 20-something minutes left, but it's, 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 gonna, it's good. Got some funny shit here. Good stories, too. I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? You could tell I'm feeling it. You know when I'm on in the show. And then I got a funny story about my mom's birthday party. So, I mean, I don't know what you pigs want from me. So, here here goes. Um, I knew he was going to come back. I felt it. Um, because he almost needed to. He almost needed to. And Jason Lawhead goes two weeks before. He goes, wow, man, I think you're right. I think you were right the whole time. He's coming back. I said, I know he's coming back. And he did it real quick. It just on the bottom of the screen said, LeBron James going back to, to Cleveland. And he, and he won there. Here's why I think Kevin Durant not only wants to come to New York, but needs to come to New York. Okay? He needs to come to New York. Now, he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. But Kevin Durant has become the poster boy and the torch holder now for the weakest move to get on a super team. And I got to admit, I mean, I like, I think Kevin Durant's a good dude and he's a great player, but it was the weakest thing I've seen in basketball because he went to a 73 and nine team that beat his team and then won a championship. And it's like, all right, now you're known as this superstar who did some weak shit. Okay. Um, you get another ring this year and you have multiple champions so you're a champion you got all the money in the world but what's hanging over your head that tainted legacy that tarnished little chapter he's weak you know he could never be the guy he had to go somewhere he needed Steph Curry he needed Clay Thompson he needed Draymond Green he needed a coach like, like Kerr he went to a team that was already made and won now what do you do? Now New York City has opportunities for you. New York City is going to give you MSG, which is an amazing building to play basketball, and everybody knows that. They're going to give you a max contract. They're also going to say, who else do you want here? We'll bring them here too. They, they, they are willing to listen to the star and let the star bring who he wants. So you got the location, the Big Apple, New York City. A lot of people say it doesn't matter. It does fucking matter. And if it doesn't matter, then I think some people are definitely, you know, afraid of that moment. You know, Michael Jordan said it. Michael Jordan goes, dude, if I was ever to leave the Bulls at that part of my career, I would I would love for MSG to be my home. You know, uh, Fuck the media. Like, media is, uh, this is 2019. The media is all over you everywhere. You know, the Boston Red Sox have tougher media and baseball than the Yankees probably. It's, it's you know what I mean? So it doesn't, so that, that whole idea of like, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter with one guy like Carmelo Anthony that you don't want to play with. Maybe it doesn't matter if you don't think you're going to win and you got an owner people don't like. However, you got two max contracts, you got two future first round draft picks, and don't forget, 
The Knicks are 10 and 40 something this year. They're going to have the second or third pick in this draft to get Zion Williamson, to get uh, RJ Barrett from Duke, a bunch of good players coming out. So, Kevin Durant could now go, I'm going to be the focal point. I'm going to get the max money in New York. He's probably making more money being in this in this in this thing here. And guess what? If that guy ever won here, if that guy ever took the Knicks to the Easter Conference Finals or won a championship here, there would be Kevin Durant. But they would change Broadway to Kevin Durant way. And he knows that. And guess what? That shitty chapter in his career now goes away because he's the king of New York. He came to a franchise that hasn't won in 46 years and has been the laughing stock in the best city for basketball. And people don't understand, this is a basketball city. New York is basketball first over... This is a team. This is a place that wants basketball first. So I think he's going to realize that. I think his agents and people are going to tell him that. And I think he's going to come. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not as confident because all of a sudden one of his friends could go, hey, come play with me. It'll be fun. And they could change their mind. I get that. But I, I do have a feeling that he's going to want to come here. And I'll even say this. I think that the Knicks know that there's a good chance he's going to come. Or or at least some. I think the Knicks would not have done this move with Porzingis unless they, you know, if, if they didn't know something. I really believe that. So there you go. Uh... I, I like it. We'll see what happens in July and um, hope for the best. And uh, there you go. So I'll, I will, uh, I, I'll be the first to say I was wrong or right. Lord knows you guys will write in. Not you guys. I don't know why I'm taking it on. You guys are great. You guys support me and listen to my show. Just other people. I, I, I Yeah, other people. Yeah, Verzi, you remember? It's like, yeah, but did you give me credit for when I said LeBron go back? No, that, that's, what, that's what I don't like about people, you know? When you say something right or you're right, they're like quiet or they'll give you like a quick, yeah, no, you called it. But when you're wrong, it's like, yeah, but then you said that. Well, then you said this. You did it. You know, it's just that's how people are. People are cynical. Suck. Anyways, moving on, I got to tell you guys about this um, this uh, funny story at my, uh, <laughs> at my mother's um, birthday party at her house. We had a little get together, I should say. All the siblings. Uh, all the siblings and their significant others. It was it was hilarious. It was great. I'll get into that now. So um, my mom lives no, a little north of us, and she's going. Up, uh, we're all going up for her um, for her birthday, you know. And she, you know, uh, her birthday is January thirtieth. But they, um, this was like I don't know, a couple days before, just because of the day that it landed on. Is like when could all the siblings get together? So we all go up there with the kids, and she's all excited. She just wants to be with her family. My mom doesn't care, you know. You reach a certain age, and I'd imagine that. You don't care anyway. It's like I got my grandkids here. I got all my kids here, everybody. So we go up there. And it's a nice little spread, food, you know, see my mom, everybody. It's, uh, you know, having a good time. And at the end, we decided, like, we turn the TVs off. And we're all sitting in the living room together as a family. It was really nice, actually. And we decided to play a game. And the game is um, you get on the, you know, like the charades, but you could do it on your iPhone. So what you do is you get a, it's an app. And the you put the phone up to your forehead so nobody everybody sees it but you. So the screen is facing everybody and it'll say like the countdown three, two, one, and then it'll say uh good fellas, right? And you just guess like uh, but you can't say the good fellas, you just have to say things to make the person guess it and you see how many you could get. 
So it's kind of like verbal charades, right? People be like, oh, movie, uh, classic mob movie, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. Somebody says Goodfellas, and then you point the phone down, and it says correct, and a new thing comes up. And you could pick movies, you could pick sports, you could pick no words where you just act out. So it could say diving, and everybody in front of you acts like they're diving, and you say diving next, and you keep going, right? You guys get the gist. It's basically charades on the iPhone. So um, one of the... <laughs> So we're all in there. The kids are in there and everything. And, you know, my stepfather, he's, he's like me. He's competitive. He wants to win. I, I, I want to win. It's just, you know, it's just whatever. Certain people don't care. And But it's it's silly to be like that for little things. But, you know, it's just you are. It's just, just what it is. So um, one of the things, my <laughs> I think it was my brother was going or something. And the thing said, um, the thing said on it, Sopra- Sopranos nicknames. Right, nicknames in the Sopranos, and we're all there, and like it's getting intense. We're like, oh, come on, come on, and like my stepfather's eyes are open. <laughs> my stepfather's eyes are open real wide, and he's like leaning forward, he's trying to figure. And he goes, oh man, what is the? And like the kids are there, and I'm thinking, oh man, and like my, I see my, <laughs> I see my older brother Christian, and he's like trying to think, and he was like, he whisked, he said it really low, he goes like big. And I swear to God, my stepfather just opens his eyes. He leans forward, and everybody's trying to surprise. Like, oh, come on, you know. And my stepfather just goes, "Pussy, dude." I, <laughs> I cried laughing, and the kids are just like, "What?" And I'm just, I am crying. I mean, me and my stepfather were crying laughing because he's like, "Um, uh, pussy," and it was like this family thing, and kids were there, and it was one of the funniest things. Um, ever. You got to try the game because it's really funny. And the one where you don't say words, where people have to act it out, like it'll be like, oh, shooting a bow and arrow, right? And you have to do the th- the thing where like you extend your arms like you're doing it and they have to get it. And then they, and you continue to go and you see how much, like it'd be something actually be funny to gamble on. You know, speaking of degenerate gambling, you know, just five, everyone throws in five, who gets the most? But it was really funny to watch him scream pussy with all of us in the room, including the grandkids. It was it was awesome. It was hilarious. Um, but it was a great time. Happy birthday. Shout out to my mom. My mom's the best. Um, many, many more. Been through a lot. Cancer. Um, multiple times. Scares. All kinds of stuff like that. And uh, so it was nice that we all, all got to get together because, you know, it's important. Um, the one thing I wanted to say, and then I'll get to what you guys wrote, but the one thing I wanted to say about... Um, Lawhead and Jimmy Schubert. So Jimmy Schubert's a, a legendary comedian. He's been doing it a long time. A regular out there at the Comedy Store in uh, L.A. for years. I believe he's originally from Philadelphia. The guy's just a legendary comedian who's been doing it for such a long time. And he's headlining... Um, you know, when you go to Vegas, there's multiple rooms. So the Tropicana has the Laugh Factory. Um, the Rio has the Comedy Cellar. MGM's got Brad Garrett's comedy club, like Planet Hot. There's all kinds of different rooms in, in Las Vegas. And when comedians are in town and know each other, you go and you say, hey, man, what's going on? I'm over at the Rio. Where are you? You know, that's the comedy community knows each other. So Jason Lawhead, who went in, on tour with me and, and Bartnick and, and Burr, and, you know, Jason goes to the Rose Bowl with those guys and, and all that stuff. And, you know, he's been a friend for a long time. I haven't seen him in a while. He's in town, so we go out. We meet up, we have a drink, and Jimmy Schubert's there. And Jimmy Schubert was very nice, knew me, 
you know, and, and obviously I knew him and we just talked and all of a sudden somebody says to me, hey, you know, Jimmy Schubert's like a world class like card trick, like magician guy, even though he's like a, a monster comedian that everybody knows he's like a magician. And I'm like, get the fuck, really? And they're like, yeah, I'm serious. And like I've watched, you know, when you've watched Chris Angel on the street, or, or, or I should say, um, what's his name? Um, oh, David Blaine, right? You watch David Blaine and you watch David Blaine's street magic or you watch these people's street magic and the sleight of hand you can't believe, right? And you say, oh, write your name on a card and how are you going to find it and all that stuff. And you watch it and you're like, wow, is there camera tricks or anything? And I actually got to be somebody that was that person that just could not believe how this happened. So Jimmy Schubert, shout out to Liz, Liz from the Comedy Cellar, manager of the Comedy Cellar and the Fat Black Pussycat and the Village Underground and also obviously the Cellar in Vegas. Um, Liz has been on Bobby Kelly's podcast a ton and, and, you know, love Liz, so cool, you know, developed a cool friendship with her and it was so cool because she's like, oh, Verzi, you're right. I was like, yeah, you got to come to the Foundation Room at Mandalay, come out. So we're up in this room, in the foundation room, and they have all these old antique type rooms, and we're sitting at this, like, table. You know, it, it looked like a, a place where the Queen of England would have a meeting with people, and we're all sitting there, and Jason comes by, and Schubert comes by, and all of a sudden, he pulls out a deck of cards, and this guy starts doing tricks that I just can't believe. So then we walk back to, Man we, we, we walk downstairs in Mandalay, and he pulls out the cards again, and he tells me, to write my name on a card, okay? And then he puts it back in the deck. And he's got this um, Altoids. He's got this Altoids uh, tin. And he goes, oh, here's my Altoids. He goes, put the Altoids on the pile. He makes four piles of cards, right? He makes four piles of cards. And he says, pick, pick a pile that you think the card is in. So I pick a pile, then he takes it out and everything, and... All kinds of stuff like that. And, and, and he's like, all right, so you think it's this one? You don't think it's that one? He goes, let me ask you a question. He goes, do me a favor. He goes, take my Altoids tin and put it on the put it on where you think the card is. And I put it on there. He goes, that's where you think it is, right? And he removes one pile. He removes the three piles of cards that I didn't pick. And then he takes the, the pile of cards <laughs> He takes the pile of cards that I, you know, that I say I think it's in and there's no way. Here's the thing. He was telling me where to pick it. He would like keep putting cards down and tell me when to stop. All kinds of stuff, man. You know, things that I couldn't explain. And then he goes, all right. And he moves the Altoids thing off the cards and he goes through it and he goes, are any of these cards yours? And I go, no. And he goes, do me, he goes, do me a favor. Why don't you open the Altoids card? And dude, my card was bent four places. I literally signed this card. I literally signed this card and put it in the deck and watched him put it down. He did not put his hands behind anything. And he opens the Altoids thing and I go, no. And I unfold it and it's my writing the exact way I signed it. It's the card that I signed, right? But then he closed the Altoids thing. And then um, opened it again and all the mints were in it. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, I was I was dumbfounded. Like, this was like world-class card tricks. But the one that really freaked me out, the one that really freaked me out was he, uh, 
he told me to hold a book of matches. He told me to pick a card in my head. I picked a card in my head, and then he made me hold a book of matches. I'm probably doing this no justice, and I'm holding a book of matches, and then um, the, the book of matches literally turned into my card, and I freaked out. I freaked out. like, And I'm doing it no justice. I'm just telling you, it was insane magic. It was awesome. So if you ever run into epic comedian Jimmy Schubert, great comic, just say... Paul Verzi said your amazing card trick. Can you give me a can you give me a card trick? Because it, it did uh, it did blow me away. Let me get to uh, where you guys and I like freak out. I turn into those people. Like, I'm like oh like, but I was just like no, stop it. Liz was sitting there and Liz was like dude, you're the devil. I'm leaving. Like it, it was it was some of it was like really magnificent shit. Like I'm not even kidding. It was crazy actually. Um. All right. So let's see what you guys wrote in here. I gotta go get my son in a second. But no, we got we got a few minutes. All right, let's see what you guys wrote. And then I did the Super Bowl picks. I did the Knicks. There we go. I did the... All right. So this is a weather unacceptable from Drew. And Drew says, Paul, the temperature reading in my patrol car. Unacceptable. Why do we live here? All the best from the New York State Police. Uh, all the best from the New York State Police in Watertown, New York. Uh, his patrol car says minus 31 degrees Fahrenheit. That's like, that's scary. Like, that's like, that's scary. I have a feeling my cleaning lady's here because my dog is freaking out. Um, let me get to the last one more here and then we go. Uh, this is from Brian. Shout out to, what's up, Brian? Uh, plumber. Uh, Paul, uh, I was in Nashville. Jew in Wild. I was in Nashville a couple months ago doing a show and decided to try some barbecue, standard southern move. I sat down and this guy with the handlebar mustache, flannel, and a Ford hat sits down next to me. He looks like he jerks off. <laughs> he looks like he jerks off in Make America Great Again hat. He started staring at me and just says out loud, uh, are you of them Jews? I turned to him and just go, yeah, man. Then, without missing a beat, he goes, I've never seen one in the wild before. I started crying, laughing, and we had a couple... <laughs> we had a beer together. <laughs> See, <laughs> See you when you're in New England. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. Are you of them Jews? Yeah. i never seen one in the wild before. That is so freaking funny. How could you just not both laugh at that? It's awesome. Uh, and it sounds like he was a cool guy and like joking about it, but that's really funny, Brian. Shout out to Brian Plum. Brian Plum is a very funny comedian from the uh, New England area. So support him and check him out. He's awesome. It's hilarious. That's really fun. You of them Jews? Yeah, man. Never seen one in the wild before. <laughs> Thank you for that. Where are we at? Oh, by the way, man, not only Brian, guys... I'm sure you guys know. You guys probably know Brett Ernst very well. Got to check that dude out, man. He had a did a Comedy Central what, half hour special in 2010, and right now, um, for free on his website on YouTube or whatever, he has an uh, over an hour special called Principal's Office out right now. So funny, such a good dude, such a character, hilarious man, and um, really smart dude. And and, and I love his stand up, and uh, so please check him out and support him. It was awesome. 
Um, that's it. I have to go get my son, so I know this was late. Let me just get this one out there, and then I will be back to the regular schedule next week. Matter of fact, I'm going on the uh, Impractical Jokers cruise next week. Um, so I'm going to be away at sea. On t- i got to fly out on Tuesday, so I'll try to get another podcast in here on Monday. All right, but guys, I just got a ton more dates. I will be doing most of the improvs this year. Um, go to paulverzi.com and go to shows. I just got Pittsburgh added. I just got North Carolina added. I just got Levity Live in um, Nyack, New York added. There's Philadelphia. There's um, there's Poughkeepsie. There's Springfield, Massachusetts. The Washington, D.C. Improv. Comedy Connection. Laugh Boston. Mohegan Sun. A ton of dates. A ton of new dates coming. Also, New York City's coming. Uh, Atlantic City is coming. Probably West Coast dates. So just go to paulverzi.com right now. All of them are updated. There's going to be an updated poster next week. Check out all of my dates. Uh, Come to the shows. Tickets are going to be on sale, but we're looking to have a really amazing uh, 2019 tour leading up to me shooting my next special. So uh, thank you guys so much. Check out CapperNetwork.com. Support those guys. Predict the Super Bowl. Get to the leaderboard. Have people pay you for your stuff, uh, for your advice or your sports gamble, uh, your sports knowledge, your sports picks. Or look at the leaderboard and make money that way. Check out all things comedy. Everybody, thank you guys so much. This has been TVE. Go Knicks. Hope they get Durant. And uh, I got the Pats this weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. This has been TVE 388. I will be back soon. Talk to everybody. Take care.